so much for tuning in i mean this this is really man this is this is an amazing this is a very special special live um i'm just so happy to have everyone here especially one person who this this whole stream is in honor of black room we've got you here just just want to say really appreciate you and glad to see you and to have you here today so um, thanks guys i'm really i'm really lucky and blessed to have you guys in my life um i saw you guys tweeting and underdog uh reviewed my videos man that meant a lot to me it went so much for to me like i can rest and not worry about the channel and uh, my job held me down like i'm so blessed to have so many people that care about me in my life so man i'm, I'm glad to be here um, I did some alternative therapies and I got back faster than uh, they said I could. And I'm really happy for that. Well, we're happy. I mean, really, we were saying earlier, prayers have been answered. We've been praying for you. And, now I, and when I saw that message that you're coming, I mean, that really made my day. So I was so excited. So uh, it, it is good. Um, this is this is another one of the the meeting of the minds. This is something, and really, we the 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 goal of this was to go over and talk about synthetic tokens, but really to dive in on the research that you did, like Ru, on uh, the Paribus project. And we're just going to go through and and tie this tie this up. But first, I want to have an introduction. To everybody here. Um, Let's start by we, we've got we've got another superstar here, Matt Hadouken. We'll start with you. Give an intro. Tell everybody who you are. Okay. Hi, my name is Matt Hadouken. I am a TikToker slash streamer in my part time. I'm also a student currently studying in marketing. So that's a brief introduction about me. Yeah. Hey, awesome. he's handsome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, hey. <laughs> Well, on that note, uh, Crypto Queen. Hi, my name is Tammy Sipnuski. I'm known as Crypto Queen on YouTube. Just a, a YouTube influencer, Twitter influencer, if one can even be called influencer. But I'm more of a crypto enthusiast, and I like to bring my subscribers on my investing journey. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And Underdog Research, Underdog Crypto. Hey everyone, under our research channel, um, I'm a digital forensic scientist, cyber investigator, and I'm here in a passion for crypto and bringing that technology and research over hype. Thank you. I'm going to go and I'll save the best for last. I'm in Fanakpan. I am a professor. I got the name The Professor actually from Underdog Crypto, so so I, I, I give that to you. Oh, we got the sandstorm coming. Oh man, this is this is good. So, um, and I am an actual accounting professor. The sandstorm, you're in here now? Yeah, give me just a minute. 
All right, no worries, no worries. Well, I wanted to say the best for last. Black Rue, can you can you tell them a little bit? All right, guys. Hey, it's Ruel Black, Black Rue Investing. Uh, really, really happy to be here for you guys. I have a huge passion for crypto and stocks. I believe that we can make our money make money. And now it's the perfect time because we have this big, uh, I know people might not want to hear the R word, <laughs> the recession, but um, it's a perfect time for us to build bags until um, Bitcoin halves again in 2024. So we really have a perfect opportunity to change the whole financial situation for our families. And I'm happy to be here on um, the professor's channel to uh, make a difference in doing that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, whenever you're ready, Sandman, you can jump in. But I, I wanted to kind of set the tone for this. And this is really a meeting of the minds because you can say, well, wait a minute. We got an accounting professor. We, we've got we've got a, a streamer, right? Content creator, finance, crypto. How, how does this all tie in together and how it does kind of what's the through line is we're going to hit things at different angles. So I wanted to come and ask questions and tie this in and then get your expert opinion coming from those various areas. And the, the other background of this, majority of my, my followers are students. So, and, and, they're not, and they're curious, but they're not experts in the area. So, and, and they wanna come in, they wanna, they wanna get different ideas, they wanna learn something. So that is the key. So my first, first thing, and this is to the crypto finance people, what is a synthetic token? Can you, can you break down the synthetic token? I don't know who wants to jump in. I, to make it very easy and very simple, it's basically a, a simulated representation of a real world asset is the very basic way of putting it. So in other words, you can have something that's a stock or a commodity, anything, anything that has a, a price evaluation and decentralize it stick it on the blockchain and the price that it's going to be on the blockchain is going to be the same price that it's reflected in the real world market. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so what's the benefit, you know, what's the pros, what's the cons? Why, why would I want to get into this? You mind if I jump on that at Black Rue? You got that. No, you go ahead and then I'll, I'll back clean up. Okay. Well, one of the things, uh, professor that, um, is, is access. Um, when I first got into the stock market and I wanted to be a day trader, I needed $25,000. I didn't have $25,000 to trade in stock. But this tokenization of real world assets gives anybody with a computer or phone access to stocks, access to cars. You want to get Tesla? You can get a Tesla um, uh, a tokenized uh, asset and then trade that value. So I think one thing is we've always had an issue with certain marginalized communities having access to the same um, uh, forms of revenue that other people have. You have to have money to make money, right? So I think that's a big difference is having access. Um, and so that's one of the things I see. Hmm. See, this is why I love the back cleanup. He, he set it right up for me. Uh, he's right on second base. Um, so talk about marginalized uh, communities. Uh, crypto really opens it up for us. 
And uh, like Tammy said, with um, the synthetic assets, one of the big things is clearing times. So um, with clearing times, there's so many middlemen that get put in between uh, you and I making a transaction or a loan transaction. But, um, oh, I don't know what that, that is. Um, somebody, uh, could someone mute? I'm not sure who that is. But um, but yeah um, so clearing time. So when you move remove all those middlemen, it makes having a loan um, and making a loan between two people really cost effective. So that's the biggest thing that um, synthetic synthetic tokens and um, an NFT can also be used as a synthetic token as well. So um, that's the biggest thing that it gives for us that we don't have all these middlemen taking fees and it and it uh, quickens up the time that we can actually get the asset. So if you were buying a house or a Tesla per se, um, that would take like five or six or seven days, depending on how long it took your bank to clear and the person who you're dealing with, their bank to clear. Now you put crypto in the middle and you put the blockchain there, the clearing time is very rapid, like, you know, two hours sometimes depending on the place even like 1.5 seconds uh depending on the crypto so that's really 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 huge so, so you talked about clearing time that sounds like liquidity but I, I won't i won't go there yet but there's these platforms you're saying they're they're free or or are they charging fees well, they're not free, but what happens is when you put the clearing times and all the middlemen in between, um, they're, they're, it, it, it exacerbates fees. Um, there's this fee for this guy to clear, and then there could be, say, like a currency exchange where you have to exchange like, okay, maybe you're dealing with somebody in Germany, so you got to exchange to euros. Um Blockchain kind of clears all of that up and just goes fiat to some other fiat. And it clears up having to have fees for um, different currencies, um, different middlemen, and waiting for uh, the whole transaction to clear. Um, it's, a, it's a clearinghouse that we call SWIFT. That's what most things clear with. Um, so it clears up all of that stuff that SWIFT has to do all of the um, currency exchanges, thereby giving you a better fee, a better fee, and also by having the transaction make um, clear faster. And since, you know, we all heard the phrase time is money, that now speeds everything up so that more transactions can be cleared in a rapid time. Hence, you can have way more of them way quicker. So um, at a cheaper fee. So it's like win, 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 win. Win, win, win. But what's the downside to this? Uh, well, the downside, I'm sorry, because um, this last time I'm going to say something for a while. The downside, in my opinion, is okay. Um, how do you make sure that you clear, um, that you secure the asset on the other end? Okay, if you're NFT and you're a Tesla, now who makes sure that that asset is like kind of escrowed? 
Um, so that's that seems to be the biggest risk that, risk in my mind. Um, yeah, that that's the biggest risk in my mind. What about the the value? Oh, oh, Phantom Beat said more moolah for your buck without an extra hand in your pocket. That, that's that's a good one. But but how do you get the valuation for the asset? Who does the valuation for the asset? Well, there there are some issues uh, though. Um, so a few issues. One, the scalability of this uh, this particular concept. If they try to, if this is basically a tokenized derivative. And that's highly controlled. These old markets are not going to let go of what they're making money out of uh, by any means. That's why you see the XRP lawsuits and things like that. Trust me, if this gets correctly done, there's going to be a lot of pushback because there's too much money in old systems. But some of the downfalls is the scalability. Right now, there's a uh, one source, uh, for example, a centralized exchange. And you have a, um, a Oracle, something that can get the price of it on the real world asset. Well, I can manipulate an Oracle if I have enough moolah. And so those type of things are, are probably the downfalls of this because you can manipulate these synthetic assets by what you do in a real world. And so that is another thing, too, is the derivative aspect and the manipulation possibilities from that one point of failure. Can you bring down the Oracle from what I understand that's an algorithm, but if you could put it, put it at a, a different level, how that works. Uh, you, Tammy or, or one other guys want to draw a jump in on that. I, I can't yeah. add someone over top. It's basically just a price data feed. So anything that has that price data feed, it's going to mirror. So let's say you have Apple stock. It's going to take the price data feed from Apple and mirror that exactly on, on the blockchain. But, like uh, Underdog Crypto says here, it's not just stocks. I mean, you could do anything. You can do uh, crypto, you can do fiat, you could do commodities and stocks. So like he said, there there is a, a fair, can be a fair amount of tampering with it. But, you know, that, that price feed, I think is, it, I think it's pretty on point. I think the Oracle is pretty trusted in that synthetic environment. And just so, to add to that definition, if anyone's yeah. a computer nerd like I am, um, it's a um, it's a little piece, a little program that's responsible for bringing data from outside of the blockchain into the blockchain. So that whole Oracle piece made it um, made us able to do DeFi and all this other stuff that we're talking about here, like synthetic things. It can bring all the data that's outside into the blockchain. So here's my question. So it, when you were reviewing Parabis, uh, you talked about intangibles. Is that correct? So you can even this Oracle, this computer. So it's a computer program can put a value to intangibles. Is that? Well, um, Parabis, it, it, it one of the things that it does, which is really kind of novel, is um, it's basically kind of like a loan place. And it um, values assets that uh, traditional banks wouldn't, um, like NFTs, um, virtual land, like sandbox land or um, decentralized land. So it gives a value to everything that we're digitizing out here. So in a sense, it could move on to being something like 
we've seen with Opulus, where it's like, okay, now you're actually getting a loan on the piece of the artist's song that you own. Or like we've talked about with Moni, like, okay, now you're getting um, a loan on a Tesla. So it can work in that same sense. Um, you can still think of a synthetic asset as an NFT, which can uh, digitize virtually anything of value, like Tammy said. So let me, I'm going to go to Matt Hadouken. Would you, if you were able to, would you want to digitize your content? If I could, yeah, definitely. I'm still kind of new to this entire topic, so I'm just enjoying listening to y'all's talk, but I feel like that is the direction that we are headed. So, of course, I would, I think. You know, Professor, think about um, uh, Matt Hadouken. Uh, I've watched some of your videos since I first was introduced to you, and we talked about something similarly, the Valorant tournament, uh, mm -hmm. tournament Valorant. And I, and I like to use this as an example. Uh, if I was to watch Matt Hadouken, I could find out what games he excels in. I could find out um, his skills and ability, and I would I would uh, rate him as a gamer. Now, let's say there's 10 different gamers and they perform a certain way. Well, if you look at if I was going to tokenize that, I would say he's going to get in this tournament and he has a 90 percent uh, win rate playing this particular game. And if I wanted to make money off of that, then I could tokenize his abilities as a gamer. No different than tokenize a football player, baseball player, anyone that plays a sport. And we do it all the time. But we don't think about that. So this is one of these opportunities with blockchain where someone could take a gamer's performance in certain games and they could have these gaming tournaments and I can bet and wage uh, against his performance. Maybe I'll bet against him and I say, I'm going to if he does badly, my token value goes up. If he does well, my token value uh, goes down. You can. That's the great thing about it. But you can't do that in any other market. Um, but, so that's one of the advantages I see is with this synth, uh, with these uh, synth um, tokens is anything of value is equated in an algorithm and you just are betting on that asset, his gaming skills, for example, to how they're going to perform the performance of it. So that's some of the advantages of it. And on that same token, um, I see it um, giving a lot of competition, like how we've talked about Opulus. Um, I think things are going to uh, arise where it's like, okay, um, say, for example, books. Um, if you put your book on Amazon, like Amazon takes a huge fee for just selling your book. Okay, now you can just like tokenize it. Like, um, say, for instance, how uh, um, Indigo Saint tokenized his uh, music and put it on uh, Phantasma. Okay, so now you can tokenize it put it on the blockchain and get a better return, a better ROI, return on investment for your book. Um, there might be some little complications in simplifying it for uh, the layperson to come buy it, but uh, I think we can get there. I think we can definitely get there. So how, on, on that content kind of kind of path, I'm, I'm thinking, just to to kind of compare and contrast, how would this, if you've got content and you want to monetize it, how would that compare to, let's say, fan base 
if you're familiar with that, or OnlyFans, where you can put up a paywall around your content and people have to pay. And then, you know, the platform takes a fee. What, is, is this an, a jump over that type of, of business model? Or is this, are, are these two different veins? Or, you know, how, how, do, how do we see that evolution? It's, it's, uh, I, don't I see you smiling, underdog. Yeah, I'm smiling. I, I want to make sure that everybody else has the uh, opportunity to jump in there. So, I mean, this, this just so you know, this this synthetic tokens is not new. The stock market has had this for a long time. This is not new. So I would look at this as like an ETF, right? Those are very, um, maybe I'm saying that acronym wrong, but those are very popular. If I want to invest in oil, then I would get into ETF stocks and I get into the whole oil industry. So using OnlyFans as an example, if I said, well, I'm going to tokenize every bit of content in that sector. For example, I'm going to put gaming in a sector and I can tokenize the gaming industry. So if the gaming industry in 2021 or 2022 does better, then I'm making money because I have an oracle that's looking at the gaming industry as a whole. And so I think that it's not different than the current market. It still allows access worldwide that's the difference right now we have silos of people who are able to have access to ets if you're in the wrong zip code on the wrong country you got a lot of uh things to overcome secondly there's challenges even in the crypto market with this access and knowledge not there's only there's very few platforms that allow you to trade synthetic tokens and then you have to have a knowledge gap between getting able to be on that token such as over collateralized assets and we haven't talked about that so in the real world it might cost me $25,000 a day trade in the synthetic world to stake to get some value I have to have at least 750% of a of a token in excess of what I apply for so if I have 100 bucks I need to put 850 on there those over collateralization will also keep people from being able to invest and maximize it. So I feel like this is not different. It's just a more innovative approach. And if it's going to survive, it does have to break out of its current state in order for it to be um, a, a business venture that's going to give more people access to the things they say they're trying to uh, resolve, which is giving you access to these markets. Um, go ahead. I, um, I, I agree with my brother there. Um, only thing I would add is, um, and that's a brilliant question too, professor. I never thought about it, but just, uh, giving this some thought, um, I think what can differentiate it from OnlyFans is that it's in a decentralized manner. Um, you still have OnlyFans being kind of overlord and like grabbing his cash there. But um, if you do it in a decentralized way, maybe it's a way for you to kind of build out your whole like, quote unquote, sales funnel and, and make it something that's kind of really unique, where it's not just only fans. You're giving them one content that you're almost building um, an empire. And it's like, OK, you're coming here for this. But uh, also maybe you might like this other thing that I have to sell you. So um, you can really build it out in a truly kind of decentralized way. So that's it. So and when you talk about it, it's more of a global scope. Um, 
And the reason I, I brought that up, really, a lot of it comes from Matt Hadouken. And, you know, he, he broke down the difference between a creator and a, a, a streamer and these different platforms. And I started researching and I hear a lot of chatter and concern that Instagram is kind of is is on the down downslide. Right. Is on the downslide as far as content creation. TikTok is maturing. A lot of a lot of uh, talk has been going to Twitch, to platforms Twitch, and then for creators and streamers to look for metaverse platforms and other places where they could potentially move into. I don't know, Matt Hadouk, if you want to talk to the difference between content creating, streaming, and Twitch and the and these platforms from your experience. Well, from my experience, I would just say TikTok is pretty much king right now when it comes to content creation. It's short, it's snappy, and they serve you what you're looking for on your For You page. You don't have to go and look for content to watch. They'll bring it to you. Now, you mentioned Twitch as being the new wave. I would say it's Twitch has more hype than it actually deserves. A lot of the content creators that are currently on Twitch aren't too happy with the with the rules that the company sets for them and it's pretty hard to get into it if you're a new streamer so i would say if you're trying to get into content creation in general TikTok is the platform that will push you a lot harder than in these other ones youtube you can get into but it does have a high bar of entry you kind of have to know how the youtube algorithm works and how to make a snappy video that captures attention within the first 30 seconds or somebody's going to click off I know it because I'm still working on it and I can see where people watch and then where people dip and they t find something else interesting to watch. So, yeah, when it comes to like making content on other sites like Facebook and Instagram, nobody's really doing it. They mainly just post their pictures from the weekend or the recycled content from other websites, which is honestly the best way to approach it. I would never suggest somebody to try content creation on Instagram unless they have a business and they just need to like push their products as a content creator instagram is kind of useless in my opinion but yeah i'd say tiktok honestly is the best content creation website out there at the moment including streaming i've heard that they're they have one of the best sites to stream one as a new creator and that surprised me as well because i would have thought it would either be youtube or twitch but it was actually tiktok So why you, you said YouTube or Twitch, why, what was the, the big, it surprised you there? I was surprised that TikTok was the better site to stream on because hmm. YouTube is where a lot of people go to watch long form content and Twitch is just has such a legacy in the live streaming space that I don't go to TikTok to watch live streams. I just go there to watch some funny videos and then I leave after like an hour. But to hear that they were also dominating in that arena, it kind of just shocked me. So that's that's what I meant by that. Gotcha. And I, I see in the chat, Shook Focus Digital said Matt is going to turn his highlights into NFTs. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Don't hit me. So so that's a good point. And that was, I'm glad Shook Focus brought that up. How would that work? What would that look like? I'm throwing that out to the crypto experts. Yes, I would like to know also. <laughs> Tammy, you gonna jump in there on that one? I don't wanna. 
I'm not, I don't really know too much about the NFTs. I know there's a lot that you can do with the NFTs. I know there's sports highlights that they've turned into NFTs, but I, I really cannot speak on it with authority. So you, you guys go ahead and take it. I think uh, Underdog really showed us a nice blueprint with what he did with Indigo Saints um, NFT on um, Phantasma. Uh, I really love that because um, the Phantasma one had like the ability kind of Im to embed crypto in the NFT. And I'm sure Underdog can speak more to that. But um, I love how it kind of gave you a already a base level value because you could embed crypto into the NFT. So you already knew, okay, you're getting something, even though like we all know Indigo Saints great, but you're getting something even though even if like something went wrong and it didn't like pan out you still get the crypto that's embedded in it so and and so like uh black rule saying one of the things uh it's kind of a shift in the conversation so we got the synthetic tokens and we got the nfts but i do see them as not being siloed but you can merge the two using the indigo saint as an example what happened Last year, I started my channel. My total revenue, I, I just posted, I made 400 videos, 400 videos. I have a, a 3.7 million impressions. I mean, people saw my thumbnails and 323,000 views. That got me 1,400 bucks. Trust me, I make more money <laughs> sleeping at night than I do on YouTube. <laughs> but I took that 1,400 bucks and I added, uh, uh, I think, $4,000 of my own money or $3,000 of my own money. And I put it all together and I donated it back to the community, you know, because I'm doing this to empower people to learn how to use it. And so with the NFT idea, this is the same concept. If you bought Indigo Saints song, you didn't just have a depreciating uh, something that depreciates in value. You bought the music because you like the music, but the music makes you money, even if you didn't cry, because it has an underlying value associated with uh, crypto. So if you bought uh, a song he released, he only uh, released one song, That Rocket. He made 500 songs over the last three years, 500 songs he's made, and he only released one. Now, when the crypto market goes back up, that song will continue to grain in value. Now, if you bought a CD or DVD or anything else, name one song, Spotify, that pays you to own it. Zero. Zero songs will pay you, you paying them. So the concept of requires the person to think outside the box. This brings together the investor and the influencer or the investor and the content creator and a, a marriage where they give you something of value, their support with monetary value, and you give them back something of value. And that creates a, a relationship that of commerce that you're continue you're going to continue to support it either because you like the song or you like the crypto that keeps making you money either way it goes that is what this system does it opens up these markets so um you know indigo saint doesn't talk about this much but uh, he's in a place in the world where there's a lot of restriction on uh where you can get money there's a lot of restriction on how you can connect the data plans exceed where most people would think don't think about data plan Every time he's online, it costs him more money than we take for granted for him to be online. So for him, this is a how do you get your music to the world 
and have something of value. This gives him a way to talk to his fan base, but also to give you a way to support him and y'all support one another. So that's the interesting thing about the NFTs and the synthetics. You can merge the two together to create uh, an ecosystem regardless of where you are in the world. So, so that goes back to Black Rue. He was saying it's it's more of a global, global reach, right? So there's not as you don't have as many barriers. Is that am I hearing that correctly? Correct. Um, and I also like um, what Underdog said there, and it, it really kind of um, incentivizes your community too. Um, you can now kind of build out like paying, paying for your community, and again becomes. A real synergistic thing and um uh to what uh, matt hadouken said we now have um we've talked about this at least me and underdog have um a veracity they have their own like twitch um it used to be called uh esports uh, e fight club i think it's called vera esports now um where they pay people in um veracity token to watch and then, you know, the guys who fight because they have a deal with Tencent, which which um, they have a deal with like stream Valorant tournaments. So they also pay their um, combatants or contestants or whatever in Vera as well. So it's a really synergistic thing there. Same way what Underdog created with his um, with, with the uh, Indigo Saint token. Now it's like, okay, we're not only paying the people to watch, we're paying the contestants to just, you know, do what they do and battle each other. So um, it's creating a, a real pay, um, a real synergistic thing there. See, that's that's good. And I, I wanted to to throw this out and it it it, it ties into a conversation I had with my research partner. Um, so we, we were talking about doing some metaverse research and it says, so someone put in the chat, uh, okay. We were talking about doing metaverse research and she said, uh, okay, wow. Sandbox is great and fun. Decentraland sounds awesome. Let's pull those financials and let's, let's look through them and see what we can put together. Right. But there are no financials because these are all private companies. Are any of these, when we talk about uh, synthetic tokens, are any of these platforms publicly traded or part of publicly traded companies? Are there any way to find the financials where we can see, you know, are, are, they, are they making money? What, what, are they, what are they looking like? It, it doesn't seem so right now. But if you go on Sandbox and you see that Warner Music Group, one of the biggest music groups um, out there, has a plot in Sandbox, it almost seems like they're trying to like set up a little infrastructure and everything before they just kind of roll it all out and hit us with it. Because there's so many different companies on there that are kind of gathering people and gathering big people on it, um, that it seems like um, there are no financials right now because they're building an infrastructure. Infrastructure, excuse me, 
But as soon as that's set up, I think things are going to just roll out just with a bang. And Professor, if you if you think about it, um, I'll just just a, a related. When we think about this technology space, human beings have never been at the uh, the uh, early adopters to technology. We was on horses when someone made the Model T, and we and we laughed and we threw rocks and said, "You're weird, right?" We didn't have roads, you know. We we were um, in the '80s. We laughed at the internet being created. This is not going anywhere. The nature of human beings has always been late adopters, we, and we—that's just the nature of us. So this concept is so new to the DeFi space. The infrastructure isn't there, so you're not going to find these companies. But best believe, like Black Rue was saying, when you're talking about this ideology, it's going to be released in a way that uh, Meta, uh, Meta, and other uh, companies are going to uh, are going to integrate it into their uh, ecosystem and by the time uh, we see it um it's gonna be too late for a lot of people a lot of people are gonna jump on as late adopters i i, I was smiling because in, indigo saint uh, he just popped into the chat so i got, gotta give a shout out to indigo saint you, you talked him up you talked him up that is awesome that is awesome well i'm an accountant so i think about the financial reports these financial statements so how are you going to assess risk? How are you going to know if which, which, how can you say, well, which one is, which platform is riskier than another or if, or if, if they're great, if they're fine. You mentioned the, the VC funding, if, I, if, am I, if, if I'm correct, when we talked about the sandbox, the money that's being put in there. But many times with VCs and startups, they're burning. They have a burn rate. They're burning through cash. So how, you know, how do we, can, can someone speak to that? Um, well, I, I can tell you this, um, you know, I do uh, a show with Benzinga and um, I use their little Benzinga Pro. Um, here's the thing to really get. And uh, they have a little news uh, section and I put in the word metaverse and I see like five or six listings like every day where people are said like, okay, this land sold in the metaverse, this land sold in the metaverse, this land sold in the metaverse. So every time they're getting 5% from all of these sales, 4,000, 3,000, 10,000, every freaking day. So they're making money. They, they're not publishing it, but they're making money. And you know, of course, like somebody like Underdog could probably even tell you if somebody's doing something like illegal, like laundering money on there, because you wonder, like, okay, why are all these lands selling every day like that? That's a different subject, but uh, <laughs> but they're definitely getting that money in every day because, ev like, just looking on it, and you see five or six sales, and you know, those probably not all the sales. But just the fact that that's happening every day and it's $4,000, $10,000 and they're getting 5% of it. Oh, man, these guys are just, they're sitting pretty with money. And and that's one thing about, one thing I do have to contribute about the NFT situation. Uh, depending on how the, the smart contract is coded, let's say Matt decides to 
release one of his uh, gaming highlights as an NFT. If he codes that contract in a certain way, every time it's sold, just like Blackpool said, he'll continue to get money from that sale. So he'll get money in perpetuity for that NFT if he codes the contract the correct way. So that's a great way for artists to be able to make money in the metaverse because everything that's going to be in the metaverse has to be an NFT. It has to be digital. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got some final questions as we move to to the end. What we I, I know you reviewed the Paribus um, that that project, but what are some of your favorite um, projects in the uh, is that? Oh, you got something you want to throw in there? Oh no! What, go ahead, Professor. I'm just leaving it for the end. Go ahead. Because we're talking about synthetic tokens. What are some of your favorite projects, synthetic token uh, projects? Oh, man, I can go on for days. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, there's Phantom and Phantom, you know, aptly named um, that they would be a phantom of another asset. Um, they're supposed to be working with the World Health Organization. Um, so there's one synthetic asset. Um, if we're going into like kind of the metaverse area where we were talking sandbox and the central end, those two um, seek one, which is, um, you know, uh, they have so many stars on their belt. Like they have Lady Gaga, Ziggy Marley, Bon Jovi, uh, Francis Naganu, Dwayne Wade, like so many stars. Um, and they kind of have a connection with Facebook as well, where they sell Oculus glasses but they want to kind of be the AR, VR, like YouTuber, MTV. Um, their land sale goes on sale um, on the 5th of May, on the 5th of July, I believe. So definitely look at their um, Twitter to see that. But they're huge, man. Um, with all those stars, I can imagine that that land being worth a lot um, in the future. Um Man, they're just just so many of them. Um, but those those would be, I guess, my main ones. Um, um, Phantom, Seek, Sandbox, Decentraland. Um, those those would be mine. Um, but there are also some play to earn games that kind of have a metaverse connection. But most of them have um, a meta uh, a land in a metaverse somewhere like. Splinterlands is a game that I like to play a lot. It's a play-to-earn game, but play-to-earn games have their kind of own problem in that um, after a while they get botted. And um, so, like, they bought it down to, like, you know, like where it's only, like, making, like, 2 or $3 a day, which might be – that's nothing for an American. But maybe someone in Vietnam, someone somewhere else, that's a whole lot for them. So until they kind of solve that problem and maybe maybe make it an IP restricted thing where it's only an American thing for some of them, um, I'm not sure about play to earn games yet. And there's a one other uh, metaverse is called Infinity, Infinity, um, which is run by Engine, who are like the first people to create the whole contract for NFT. Um, they haven't gotten their metaverse up and running totally just yet but that's one to kind of look out for too yeah i've got to hop, hop i've got to hop on there because you you've been mentioning the metaverse but i wanted to to ask you 
What about the platforms like Rubella Frames, Mozilla Hubs, Spatial, where you can just click a button, you get in and you move around and you're in there free? You know, so, so I, I didn't, you know, how, how do you see that in this whole uh, platform? Well, the sandbox one is like that too. You can kind of just go on there for free, but you don't, if you don't have any land or anything, um, I think all of them you're going to be able to go on there for free because they're going to be like throwing like concerts and different things on there. Um, so that's the, something to look out for because uh, that brings me up to another company, a company called Boson. Um, basically, they're going to be kind of selling digital to real world assets. So think think about Kanye having some Yeezys in the, the metaverse, right? Um, they will be responsible. Like if you see that, like, dang, I, I want those Yeezys. So you could buy them and you can buy them probably virtually and in real life and they would deliver it to you. Um, they've already kind of tested it with like some some dress, someone made a dress and uh, they had a company that made it in real life physically and they delivered it to the person. Um, so um, that's why when you see like Nike just hired a metaverse director and all these other companies that are hiring metaverse directors, it's because they're going to be selling their products in the metaverse so you can get them both in the metaverse and in real life. So um, that's that's what I think is coming. And that's why we see stuff like Warner Music Group in Sandbox, because they're going to start throwing virtual concerts. And believe me, you can sell way more tickets to a virtual concert since it's global than trying to pack some house, some like stadium or whatever, where you got to rent the stadium out and pay them that fee up front and all this other stuff when you could just do it virtually and get basically all the profits. That, that makes sense because there, there was a lot of uh, hype around that Travis Scott concert in Fortnite, you know, so, so that, that, that's a good, good, uh, good point with that. That was good. That was good. So underdog, you, you've got something in there. You yeah. Want me to pop? Yeah, if you don't mind popping that in, I'm gonna go back to the question you asked. You asked earlier, uh, how do we know uh, if it's not publicly traded when to invest? And I think that anybody who's tuning in, they're gonna ask. And 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 the reality is, the worldwide view, most people who are not in technology see investments as good or bad, pessimist or optimist. But technology people, people who are investors, we have a little bit wider gap. So there's this curve. It's called a technology adoption life cycle or the diffusion of technology cycle. We see technology with the glitches, the good and bad. And so we say to ourselves, uh, who are we on this scale? So for me, I'm an a innovator. I'm an early adopter. But most people, you see at the end, laggards, most people are that laggards to late majority. That's And that's where they're at. So how do I know if I'm going to invest in synthetic tokens? For me, the concept of synthetic tokens is uh, interesting to me. So would I invest a lot? Possibly not. I would invest some because I want the benefit of five years down the road if I believe that that particular uh, project uh, might go somewhere. So you look at it kind of like a venture capitalist. You know, there is a lot of risk. 
Um, so when you're looking at these things, when there's no data to support what your beliefs are, you have to use uh, a concept, some type of structure to, to gauge your risk. And so this is one of the things I use. I use the diffusion of technology um, standard when I asked myself about that project, synthetic tokens, tokenized real world assets. For me, I think that I can wait a year on this. But if I want to get the token price really, really cheap while it's a lot of markets down, I might invest in two or three projects that have a majority on the market because I want the Tesla stock. I want the Google stock. I want the Microsoft stock. I don't I don't need anyone to tell me uh, it's good later on. I want to be there first. And I've always made a lot of money that way, being there when the prices are less than dust of pennies. While the rest of the world are there when the prices are uh, inflated, I don't want the inflated price. So that's my answer to your earlier questions. Well, how do we gauge our investments? If you don't have enough data, in my personal opinion, I can't give a legal or financial advice. In my personal opinion, you need some type of standard that you use to help you to see if you want to risk your money and how much you want to risk it. So that's what I wanted to share with you. And, uh, and that was, oh, go, go ahead, Blackbrook. Um, I know Bitcoin's been around 10 years, but um, guys, we have a really, uh, a really big um, opportunity right now. And, you know, talking about TikTok, those whole like six minute, five minute videos have made people's like attention span and their whole longevity into doing things very short. But, um, right now like we have a really huge opportunity like we can still be early investors and um just mark my words right here when bitcoin halves again in 2024 may 4th um some things are going to pop off in about like six months after that and uh we have the really uh, the time right now where we can pick up some things right now and like change change the um whole Oh, uh, somebody mute. I'm hearing something. Uh, um, so, yeah, so right now, guys, we really have a great opportunity. If we look at some of these top 50 cryptos and even some of them out of the top 50, like Seek and LCX, um, to change our whole family's uh, financial situation. So, like Anders Og said, like, really right now, you can be a really big early adopter. It's really easy to go on Coinbase and get some of these accounts just through your phone app. Um, it's not that difficult. Um, just join some of these channels, join everybody's channels here, leave a comment. Like we can definitely help you out for free. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was a good point. I, I really like that underdog. It, it sounds like you, you get your toe wet and, and we were talking about TikTok and it, it made me think about 2019. 2019, I had uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Chris Nardi. He owns a company called Boosted Stripes in Chicago. He visited my class and they were asking him because at that time, TikTok was not big. So they were asking him, what, where does he do his marketing? He said, well, I pay influencers on YouTube and I run my Instagram. So he's heavy on the Instagram, taking pictures of the shoes and things like that. 
But he said he started paying influencers on TikTok. And at that time, my students were laughing. They were all laughing, what's TikTok? Why TikTok? Well, he said, well, influencers on TikTok are a lot cheaper than on YouTube. So his strategy, so this is what Underdog made me think about. His strategy was, well, look, if I build that relationship, I pay an influencer on TikTok, it's not very popular, but if it gets popular, I've got the content on there already. You know, they made the videos on, on their platform and I've got the relationship. So I might lose a little bit of money if it doesn't, if TikTok is not popular, or I, I could have a huge upside if it does get popular. Fast forward now, TikTok is the, you know, is the top uh, platform. So he was he was getting his toe wet in, into it to see, and he he didn't invest too much right, where he would lose, but he had that potential for the upside. So I think that was, that was really, that was really good. That was yeah, really good. Early adopter. Early, yeah, early adopter, early adopter, and just taking that opportunity to put a little bit in there and, and to see how that can, can move forward. So I, I think that, that, that's a good point. That is a good point. Well, we, we are a little bit over time. So I want to give everybody just a chance just to say where, where well, first of all, I want to thank everyone and um, give you a chance to just say where people can reach out to you. Um, we'll, we'll start with Black Room. How, how can they catch up with you and connect with you? Um, you can catch up with me on my channel. Um, I have a, a website that leads directly to my YouTube channel. It's darkhorsewatcher.com. And that's dark horse, like a dark horse pick, darkhorsewatcher.com. Okay. Okay, good. Good. Um, and and the, there's a link to your YouTube in the, uh, in the description of this show. Tammy, Crypto Queen. Yes, you can find me on YouTube, and the channel name is Crypto Queen, or over on Twitter at, at me, Tammy Ski, and that's S-K-I, the traditional ski. And thank you so much for having me, Professor. I appreciate it. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Last but not least, Underdog. Hey, thank you. Uh, thank you for allowing us to be here today, Professor. If you look for me on the uh, open source, uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter, uh, on TikTok and also on YouTube, underdog crypto or underdog underscore research. However, most of my content is going to be uh, shifted to decentralized. So you'll find me on Ghost Market. And on there, if you can get the videos, uh, you will get crypto with each video that you obtain uh, and an NFT with Indigo Saint. So that's the difference. You get paid to listen to me on <laughs> Ghost Market. Oh, wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, thank you again, everyone. And I, I got to say, Rule, it is good to see you. Good to have you here. You know, this is, is, is this is all in your honor. So really, really glad to uh, see you and uh, con continue, continue to uh, progress. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, guys. I really appreciate it so much. Awesome. And thank you, everyone, for watching and all the amazing comments.